Did you get my text? Uh, not yet. Okay. Again, well, who did I send it to then? <laughs> the waiting is the hardest part. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Interrogang podcast. This week, we're talking artificial intelligence. It seems like everyone is worried at least somewhat about it, and for some good reasons. But will it change how we design type, and maybe not for the better? We'll share how big of a threat we think the potential AI revolution will be in the not-too-distant future for type. I'm Joshua Dick, along with my good friend, your Interrogang co-host, and a man who is only available in an OTF file format, Kyle Reed. <laughs> how goes it, Kyle? Hey, Josh. Uh, it's pretty good today. Not too bad. Very good. Very good. Uh, I like that OTF joke. Nice job. I thought I'd get that in for the type nerds this week. Yeah, that's an insider cut. You know, but... that's that's what I'm here for. The insider cuts. That's what we're all here. about. The nerds. <laughs> Anyway, let's go, nerds. This is week 17, 2023. Hello, everyone. And yes, hi, Josh. Hi, Kyle. <laughs> uh, I thought I'd take us on a tour de genre this week, uh, as there was a record-setting number of individual typeface releases. Right. We are certainly in the double digits bat, you know, recorded this week, which is awesome. So that means we are lucky enough to get a wide variety of type styles and genres. I've picked a handful, and I'll try to get through them quickly. So here we go. Let's go. First up, Black Foundry released Tonos, a humanist sans family of 20 fonts that strikes at the heart of what it means to be humanist. Get it? Very funny. Very funny, Kyle. Thank you, Josh. You know, you got to have a little levity here. <laughs> yes, Tonos is a sans serif typeface designed specifically for use in UI and HMI contexts. Uh, with language accessibility at its core. It covers six writing systems, which is inc super impressive, uh, including Latin, Arabic, Thai, Cyrillic, Greek, and Hebrew. Wow. A true global font. The design of Tonos is perhaps what you'd expect from a typeface that needs to cover so much ground, but it's nothing if not clear, sleek, and tonally resident. The name Tonos means accent in Greek. So a fitting name for a new global player in the type game. And quick shout out to the italics in Tonos. You know mm. how sometimes uh, italics just feel like a totally different design? Yeah. I feel like Tonos did a great job of keeping that clear sleekness into its italics. And they're very clear. Black Foundry is very clear that it's not a slant. It's italics. Yes. But it's still very faithful to that original design. And I just wanted to shout that one out. All right, well, next is Kofosona. It is an expressive humanist sans typeface from Contrast Foundry. I really like this one for lots of reasons, but the first and foremost is how fresh it feels. I think they've done this by, quote unquote, merging two contradictory concepts into one, neutrality and vitality, end quote. That's a great way to sum this up. This means that Sona has been able to present as a neutral enough geo-sans, ensuring its status as a very viable and very usable typeface, and as a quirky reverse contrast cousin for some oddity and personality. Um, that's right, yeah. If you look at the typeface for more than a second, you'll quickly yeah. notice that the su subtle reverse contrast in weight here is doing some magical things. Pick up Sona in its variable form, 
or in four individual Roman fonts, uh, that's four weights. Next, I wanted to, uh, had to mention this one is a wild type experiment that just works, surprisingly. Rillus, R-I-L-L-U-S, is a structured geometric display affair from Formigari, designed by Emmanuel Bess. The foundry says it's based on Swiss lettering from the 1930s, but I think it fits right in with the bold, blocky, and geometric display typefaces we've been seeing uh, quite a lot of lately from hot mod foundries. Rillis is described by Formigari as, quote, round and friendly, yet intended to keep a radical approach with its idiosyncratic letters like the closed dot I, the G, and the S. As the weight increases, letters get clogged up in Rillis, conferring the display vibe we like to see in darker styles. I feel like that does not do justice to what that closed dot does. Yeah. In the in the lighter weights, sure. it almost feels like Rillis is hiding a hidden Morse code message that needs to be deciphered. And in the, mm-hmm. the thicker weights, it does get clogged up. It makes it feel almost robotic. There's there's very little usual about this font. Yeah. And I feel like their description makes it feel like it's just, you know, round and friendly. Come on, everybody. But it's a it's unique to the max. That's a very fair statement. It feels almost like elementary school blocks coming together in just the most unstable of ways. Like this thing might topple over if pushed in the wrong direction. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's going to, it has a very distinct use. Anything that would want to use Rillis is going to love Rillis. It's not for everything though. (laughs) That's right. You got to want to use it. (laughs) Uh, Moving on to another display face with character is the Bradley VTG stencil series from AS type. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this one gets my historical type nerd heart all aflutter. Nerd. Yes, nerd. The Bradley Stencil series is a collection of six fonts revived, uh, I think it's about six, from a unique historical reference. Quote, the world's first stencil machine, patented in 1893, was the Bradley Horizontal Model, also called the Long Bradley. It punched a typeface in half or three-quarter inch size, This stencil typeface, Bradley VTG stencil, is now in digital form, shows off the three distinct styles available on that first machine. So it's pretty cool, faithful revival of this uh, original stencil typeface. It's got a serifed Clarendon-inspired face, a structured sans that's super clean, and a rounded corner style with sole. So please check out these from AS Type. pretty awesome stencil uh family that you know, we haven't seen too many stencils this year but i think this one this one gets my vote for for best so far yeah and it's pretty cool to see such a strong stencil i mm-hmm. i don't know if i've seen such a such it feels like this stencil could is ready to beat you up <laughs> it's beefy it, it feels like someone's <laughs> about to brand you with yeah. this stencil and uh, i like that you don't see that all the, all the time and lastly uh, I know I've gone on and on here, but I couldn't let this one pass. I had to include it. Blaze Type released Relay Display, spelled R-E-L-A-I-S, a very French term. It's a Didonesque Sans family of 14 fonts. This is a classy, clean, slender typeface designed by Alexander Rutin and Olivia Wood in seven weights of both Roman and Italic styles. So I've seen a few Didonesque sans serif typefaces in my day, but this one takes a streamlined, fresh approach 
and manages to breathe some life into the deceivingly simple letter forms. It's a well-proportioned, well-drawn display face with tiny terminals in choice places, generous spacing, and smart weight distribution in its contrasted strokes. Uh, well done here, Blaze Type. This one is very clean, very sharp. Uh, really enjoyed this one. And Relay is a good example of where the italics doesn't look like the original, but in all the best ways. <laughs> yes. It's almost mm. like the italics add a pen stroke quality to an otherwise Dodone Sands family. It's yeah. really elegant. And again, not quite exactly what the non-italics version is, but it's it's great. I, I love that comment, Josh, because... I don't think people pay enough attention to italics. I think this has been a, Why not? a molehill that I've been willing to die on in my entire type career. And Blaze Type in this in this display face relay uh, does a fantastic job of injecting ideas into the italics that belong in the italics and injecting ideas into the Romans that belong in the Romans. Yet they still tie together, uh, but are, are pretty distinct designs. Uh, and that's a cool thing to do in type design. You know what, everybody, pause this podcast and go meet an italic you haven't met before. Go shake hands with an <laughs> italics. You'll be better off for it. Uh, well, that's it for the rundown here. We've got a humanist sans, a stylish geo sans, an overarch overachieving display sans, uh, a well-curated collection of stencil sans revivals, uh, and a very elegant Didonesque sans. Woo. So not a single serif of the bunch, really, but that says a lot about the diversity that we can get mm -mm. into a, a sans typeface uh, with a little thought put in. Some, some pretty amazing things to see here. The sands of time keep falling. Oh, nice, nice. Artificial intelligence is uh, big news these days. Deep learning models are able to paint pictures for us, answer questions for us, write our ninth grade Catcher in the Rye book reports for us, uh, which, by the way, you don't need it to do for you. Adults are phony. Growing up is hard, but you got to do it anyway. There. I just wrote like half of it for you. <laughs> and, and so this AI anxiety, I think, is quite understandable. There are a lot of serious concerns about what it all could mean for us. Uh, and on a pretty grand scale, there are stories of chat GPT having really disturbing conversations with people that are quite dangerous. Mm. Sci-fi movies yeah. have been gearing up for the robot takeover since Metropolis in 1927, and we're as close as we've ever been. Mm. There are obviously plenty of directions that an AI conversation could go. But as you all have probably assumed, we are going to focus on the impact AI potentially could have on the world of type design. Yeah. And there does seem to be some consternation from the type community and the design community over the incoming mm -hmm. dark cloud that is AI in type. So let's talk more about this. What what are the worries and concerns that you see or hear from designers out there, Kyle? This is a great topic to jump into. I think it's something that you and I have wanted to talk about for a long time because we have been hearing growing rumbles from that dark cloud of AI off in the horizon. Um, Somewhat amorphous. Yeah, I think AI is, is affecting other industries a little bit more. It hasn't really come for type in earnest yet. Sure. But it's on the horizon it's something that i think more and more designers and type designers specifically are becoming aware of and it's always perceived as a threat right it's always perceived as 
oh, AI is coming for our jobs, or it's going to replace us, or it's coming. Um, yeah, it's inevitable, or yeah, it just it's such it's described in ominous terms, and uh, the AI is coming. The AI is coming. One <laughs> if by land, two if by sea. Yes, yes, exactly. If we're at that stage with AI, I think in design. Yeah. So yeah, it. It is a worrisome topic, and I think it, it raises the anxiety level of, of designers when we start to talk about it. And yeah, I think that that's a, for a lot of different reasons, but um, some good, some bad, but it's mostly a threat to the industry. Yeah, I'm not, I guess I don't hear a whole lot of the the good reasons or good that mm-hmm. could come from AI right now. But it, like I say, I, yeah. I feel like it is this amorphous it is coming and we're worried, but I'm not even quite sure I am hearing the why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely understand the idea that AI could start designing fonts. And there's concerns for that for usage, but also the designers, the human designers and what that means. Like you say, there's a sense of coming for our jobs or or what will my job be yeah even if i have to work with ai but yeah it, it feels like right now mm-hmm. it's just a big old question mark and we all hate change and we <laughs> we fear the unknown that's right and that feels like what's going on right now yeah i think type designers really like routine they really like you know a, a regular process in order to develop typefaces it takes a long time and having that rigorous discipline um, is something that is has become beneficial for type designers. So yeah, the threat of throwing that up in the air uh, is a little worrisome, perhaps. <laughs> and, but and hoping there's a place for you when it comes down. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I don't. I do not mean to dismiss this concern. Oh no, not at all. That yeah. I I think there's a lot to be talked about. Yep. With AI, but as we say, there are other aspects of artificial intelligence whether that's chat GPT or, or other aspects of design that I think are a little more current and type still has that, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah. It's about to happen. But let me then, let me ask you, Kyle, mm-hmm. about how, what your concern, what your threat level is. On a scale from one to 10, how worried are you about AI's influence on type design? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely given it a thought. I've seen a lot of tweets, a lot of articles, a lot of people talking about it out there, and I'd say it's not zero. Sure. Well, I asked for one to ten, so you couldn't be zero. Right on a scale of one to ten, uh, I would say it's about three point five. What? I'm right at about a three point five. No, one to- integers only, Kyle. Integers only. You push the rules all the time hey 3.5 still fits in one one through ten i feel like it's implied (laughs) that when you say a scale from one to ten that you're not going to answer (laughs) 3.5672 if i had to round to an integer yes is it three um, or is it i'd probably go down to three okay i'd be down to three less worried but maybe more worried than a 2.9 got it great totally yeah and maybe that's because i see the ai glasses half full um, I think that there are still lots of things to understand about it uh, that could be good. You know, use it as a tool for uh, creation, ideation, um, experimentation, sure, but not enough to warrant like an eight or a nine. I'm freaking out about this. This is, uh, <laughs> this is still on the horizon for me. Uh, I'm not really worried about AI's imposition on type. 
but I'm also not naive enough to just dismiss it outright. It's certainly sure going to happen in some way. And I think some of the the wizards of the type world, the you know the the coders, the developers, the people who create the tools that we use uh, to design type, um, the geniuses who are out there marketing it, they will find a way to harness this in the the best way possible and show us how AI can be a positive thing. That's usually how it, it starts. So we saw this mm-hmm. with variable fonts as well. You know, it's like a new technology seems kind of scary, but I think type designers are very resourceful right. in learning how to embrace the technology in a really great way, at least at first. You know, I shouldn't have been surprised that you would take the positive route on <laughs> what AI could mean. Yeah. What about you? Are you like on the other end of this? Are you terrified? You okay, so out? I... Well, okay. So my answer on a scale from one to 10 integers only is a seven, but I have, I need mm-hmm. to unpack that seven pretty that thoroughly. That seems high, man. That's that seems a lot of high, anxiety. But here we go. Here we go. I, I'm going to unpack this a little bit. I have Please two tell points me about this. to make. And point one is actually an explanation of why I'm not that worried that AI is going to quote unquote, steal our jobs. I don't yeah. think AI is coming for you (laughs) and i watched a couple of youtube videos of people attempting to design fonts through image generators ai image generators oh you did good and yeah it was a mess (laughs) it was they would put something like you know i need a capital f that has serifs and they would like list you know very detailed yeah this and it needs this and it needs this and the results were not an F. It would give you like an H, an A, yeah. a symbol you've never seen before, and another H. And it's like, well, that's <laughs> like, I can't even use that. And I watch them. They then try to like manipulate it. It's kind of like mm-hmm. if a cheerleader was like, give me an F. And everyone in the crowd said anything that wasn't an F. And some people were like, exclamation point, or interrobang. And then one fool in the back was like, Finland. Like, it's not even (laughs) close to what I asked you for. Right, right. And they were manipulating it, and they would try over and over and fixing it. And it it came down to such ridiculous manipulation to like, Mm. I need to put a capital F in my command so much that it just can't ignore it. Yeah, make it look like this. Yeah, And so it's not easy. And AI is not mm-hmm. good at it. And yeah. so I even went on an image generator to see what would happen if I wrote oh, okay. what I gave it. And I cool. realized I didn't like I didn't do this manipulation. I didn't do it over and over. I just did one thing. Sure. And I just said the perfect humanist serif typeface. <laughs> and that's all I gave it. And I'm going to mm-hmm. do something that makes for horrible podcasting. I'm going to text you the image it spat out, Kyle. Okay, please. And I'd like yeah. you to to describe to us what it spat out. It did not follow the prompt in the slightest, and in fact, spat out some of some letters and some not letters. Okay, I just got it there, Josh. Um, I'm looking at an image. Um, you want me to describe it? Yeah. Is it the perfect humanist serif typeface? <laughs> my short answer is no <laughs> however i am somewhat intrigued by how close it got to actual letter forms there are there are a few discernible letters in yes. this uh collection of of glyphs some of them have an attempt at 
maybe not Latin language or <laughs> sure, <laughs> like strange strokes here and there. But for the most part, um, you can see it's trying. Right. But that's, is that the bar yes. we really need to set for AI coming for our jobs? I don't think so. It's at least indicative of where it's at now. Right. Um, I'd be curious to do this experiment, you know, three months from now and then three months after that and see if it gets any better. Fair enough. But, I am arguing for the short term. In yeah. some years, of course, that we're talking about something completely different. Yeah. But so my second point, and I think this is this is the more important point, and but where I get to mm -hmm. a seven instead of a low number. Sure. AI has always had the issue. Artificial intelligence has always had the issue that it is developed by humans. It can go as yes. far as humans design it. We're always worried about sentient robots, and sure, who wouldn't be? But we're really <laughs> not there. there and, and AI image generation is pulling from only what we've created before. Bingo. And so by that metric, AI can only produce boring design. It can mm. only produce derivative designs. It can only produce what has been done before. That's the key word for me there, Josh, derivative. Absolutely. But so here is, here's where I'm a seven. Okay. The fear isn't that AI will make the designs of the future. It's that it will make the designs of the past, and that's all people will want to use. <laughs> I'm worried about the way people will deploy it. Mm. People will be more inclined to settle for boring design. And I don't trust that people wouldn't crave or seek out, oh, if AI made it, it must be great and grand and of the future, mm. so I'm going to use it. It's how people will then take what AI makes that is my fear of what the, the future of type design is going to be with AI. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a super valid fear and a really good point um, is that, uh, you know, it, this is a a human interaction required kind of situation. Right. And uh, the human continues to be the, the question mark here. The humans are still behind it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And I think so this is this sparks something else in, in me as well is that yeah. um, I really liked what you were saying about how it's derivative. It is ex exclusively based on images or prompts or Anything right. that has come from the past, it farms the past to present something present. It is limited by the past. Right. And the human is is that wild card that creates the future. I, I don't think AI is going to take the future in the same way that, that you do there, Josh. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think we're aligned on that. To me, yeah. it, it, it boils down to this. The type is a craft. Type is a uh, is an art form that requires craftsmanship and care, um, and that's not really something that AI can touch. You can make a beautiful image or a mock painting or really any combination of images, but does it have that spark of originality? Does it have that level of craft and care that pushes it over the edge of um, you know, recognizability or derivative? and into the original and beautiful and uh, something inspiring level. Um, I think type as we know it today has the power to do this quite often. Yeah. 
you see, you can sense the craftsmanship in really well-made typefaces. There's a reason why people have favorite typefaces because they stir something in us. Um, I don't think because it is so derivative, I don't think that AI is ever really going to get to that point. One more point that I wanted to make about AI is that uh, there is a sense of positivity to be drawn in the type world from AI, and that's in using AI as a tool for creation of specimens, for creation of uh, of prompts and texts. Um, it's a creative inspiration tool to help us combine ideas or to get through the first hundred ideas iterations of an idea so then you know your human brain can take it from there i I see it as a source of deeper deeper exploration Mm -hmm. not necessarily as the creating the end product but being a part of the process along the way Um, i think we're going to find some of the best type designs of uh, you know the next 10 20 years will have used ai in some way to help the human be more creative and not just put in pixels in different places yeah well i do think kyle you've convinced me that seven is too high so i <laughs> i think my fears maybe more... at a five well five like a half 5.8 5.86 oh, we yeah. did points yeah. now okay, i think great. so i think we can open the door to, to some decimals yeah sure. absolutely yeah. that's great it's fine <laughs> that's it for this week's interrogate this episode was edited by Andrew Spheris, who also provides most of the original music you hear on our episodes. The music you are listening to right now is Cut It Loose by Max Band. The Entire Gang is a production of Proof & Co. Visit our website at proofco.xyz to subscribe to our weekly newsletter that chronicles all the activity in independent typography every week. You can also get your copy of the 2022 Annual Report and Almanac, a data-driven analysis of the world of independent type, by heading over to our website. Follow us on Twitter at proof underscore and underscore co, on Instagram at proofco.xyz, or drop us a line via email at hello at proofco.xyz. If you have any thoughts when we discussed in this episode, have any topics you would like to hear discussed on a future interrogang, or if you think decimals are fair game when asked to rate from 1 to 10, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying the podcast, and of course we hope you are, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month by following the link in our episode notes. As always, thanks for being a part of the interrogang. We will see you next time. I hope we make it through. I, is that a threat? <laughs> no. Is there any reason why you think we would? <laughs> no, absolutely not. That's just. Uh, Do you know something thinking? I don't know? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, oh my. Why? What do you know? I don't, nothing. I don't, I don't know nothing. I feel. I feel like you know something that I don't. know. You said I hope <laughs> we get through this. I. The other alternative is we don't get through this, and and bodily harm has come to us. Is that what you think is going to happen? Why I, would you think that? I don't. You must know you something I don't. You said it. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Andrew. Sorry. We're, we're, we're sorry. sorry we're sorry.